Last week on the Paradigm Switch, we discussed how wonderful it is to have a close relationship with God, that he's our father and not just our king. But there is also a cost that comes with drawing closer to him, and sometimes that can be a challenging thing to accept. Hello, and welcome to another exciting episode of The Paradigm Switch, where we discuss modern-day problems for modern-day Christians. By sharing our personal triumphs and struggles in our faith walk, we hope to offer encouragement for you to continue yours. The Bible says we are new creatures in Christ, but in order to be different, we first have to think different. We hope you enjoy the episode. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Paradigm Switch. We are the number one Christian podcast on earth and heaven's favorite podcasters. We want to encourage our heavenly family in Christ to renew their minds and to think right side up. Remember, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, like, follow, and share. You can stay updated what's going on with us, what's going on with our episodes, and you get a sneak peeks and all the other fun, exciting stuff. And I'm one of the co-hosts, Avon. I'm here with my co-host, Alex. Hello, everybody. And we are continuing on, continuing on with our discussion on just having a relationship with him. And last week, we were discussing enjoying the life and enjoying knowing God as God the Father and not the Godfather. Right. And just not approaching him under fear. And I think the biggest highlight, because, you know, we, I go back and listen to it. <laughs> I do, too. Yeah, yeah I go back. I do and I think the highlight of it, what we discussed, is essentially is that love is loving God. That's the most important thing It's loving God because love will keep you over fear. Yes. And you brought up, which was a good point, um, fear produces resentment. Yes, it does. And so if you have this fear of, oh, I'm serving God out of fear that if I don't do this, he's going to be mad at me. And then eventually you're going to resent him and it's going to break down your faith and break down you standing strong during those hard times. But if you love him, love will get you through the storm. Yep. And so we want to continue on this discussion of just having a relationship with him. And I think it fits perfectly for Thanksgiving of just relationships and having bonds with people, you know, in this festive time of Thanksgiving. And so today, today, I really want to focus on um, discussing the costs for a relationship with Christ and to see if you're willing to pay it. The, the cost of d- doing business with Christ, for, for example. Well, just in any relationship, doesn't it cost you something to be in a relationship with someone? Whether That's it, true. That whether true. it's a romantic, friendship, platonic, um, even <laughs> work relationships cost you because you have to kind of bite your tongue to maintain the peace. Well, that's true. In the office. So every kind of relationship has a cost. It's just a matter of understanding the cost that it might cost a believer to maintain or to have a relationship with God. And I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people don't understand that they have to give up something. I think this might sound bad, but I think sometimes in, in reaching out to people to try to bring them to Christ and trying to encourage them to live the Christian life, we don't really fully advertise the full Christian life that you need to sacrifice some things to maintain a good relationship and walk with him that that can be true there there are some churches out there who focus so much on when having people make the decision for christ but then i think that they don't have the support afterward to mature in that faith oh that's a good point so that they can be the people like in the parable with the seeds uh, that could be the ones that are thrown on the, the rocks and then they wither and the hard times come without that support from, from the church. And, I, and unfortunately, uh, I think that this can happen. I have heard of this happening at some churches in the United States. Now, we've opened Christians for a while now. What are some of the, what are some things one person has to sacrifice to live the life? 
Yeah, so when you decide to make the decision for Christ, then that means putting him first in your life. This might mean giving up some of your uh, desires because they're not pleasing to God, or maybe it, it means giving up on a, a goal because God wants you to do something else. Uh, it could mean uh, giving up on a certain you know, influences in your life that are bad, having to cut those out mm-hmm. so that you can continue to live a life of God and not have one foot with God and one foot in the world, which of course doesn't work. Yeah. And so I think though it sounds harsher than it is, right? Because as we talked about, I think last week, uh, God gives guidance on how to live your life because if you follow that, you're going to avoid a lot of unpleasant and messy situations along yeah. the way. So it really... I don't know if it's necessarily a really hard sacrifice in that sense, but it can certainly be difficult to uh, give up on some of your own personal goals and desires. Yeah, that's how I feel sometimes is like, you know, I don't know. Different people come to Christ at different parts, you know, moments in your life. Some people come earlier. Some people come later. I feel if you come later, then it becomes a little bit harder because you've been stuck in your ways a whole lot more. Well, I think. One one aspect of sacrificing for a, a life with Christ is sometimes sacrificing relationships. At least for me, I feel as though that has probably one of the hardest to do, whether it's a romantic relationship that you have with someone or even a friendship or whatever kind of relationship, you know, that might steer you in the wrong direction. You know, case in point, I've had some friends that I've had to let go because of the fact that their influence and just the time was spending with them, you know, believe it or not, friends do have an impact on you. I know some people think you can have friends, you know, all kinds of friends to be close to anybody and think they don't impact you. But no, they do. no, there's a saying that goes, you are the company you keep. Mm-hmm. This is true. Yeah. And you know, they affect you and you know, you pick up their habits and even the Bible says corrupt communications, evil communications, corrupt good morals. So eventually communications with those people or people who might not be able to face could deter you from your goal of maintaining a good relationship with Christ. So I feel like that's one aspect that might have to be sacrificed yeah. in your walk with Christ. But all the kind of sacrifices that you might have to do, whether it is a career or a goal or a habit or a friendship or whatever, that's all on a case-by-case basis where the Holy Ghost is going to lead you. But it's important to have the mindset of whatever God is telling me to sacrifice, I need to sacrifice it. Uh, do you think that this is a, I'm going to just not do this anymore? No. I don't think it is either. I, I will say it is not, uh, especially for habits, at least for me. Okay, I'll talk for, about for me. More friendships, because I feel like that's the biggest thing where the Holy Ghost have had, has had to do, like tell me to cut certain people off from my life. And like I said, relationships, you know, emotions are tied to it. You know, you're close to that person. And so I think the first steps in doing that, in making that sacrifice is going, <laughs> at least for me, I would have to pray for God to give me the strength to do it mm-hmm. and to allow the opportunity for that to happen um, for it, I, you know, first is to acknowledge, okay, God, I know this is what you're telling me to do. And I pray you to give me the strength to do it and give me the right timing to do it. Cause at the same time, I feel bad and you don't want to hurt the person's feelings, you know, and stuff. And you just got to be led on how to do it. What do you think? Yeah, no, I, I think that's true. I, I also think we have to be careful though, just because we're believers, we shouldn't withdraw completely from unbelievers because mm-hmm. that's no good. What we're talking about here is having close, intimate relationships with people who are unbelievers. And so the, the scripture tells us, do not be unequally yoked. This is more in romantic relationships uh, because typically what happens is the believer gets dragged down. It's, I've never heard of this the other way. 
just it's very rare maybe it happens i've never seen this or heard of this in my immediate circle um as far as friendships though i mean i can tell you i'm case in point of having bad influences take me the wrong way yeah so i think that what is important is when you assess whether it is time to to go is if these individuals are always against you when you try to talk about the 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 truth that you've learned you're trying to share this and they're just very uh against that Mm -hmm. and they don't want to hear it and you know we can't save everybody no i don't know what we can do is we tell the truth and people don't want to believe that then Mm -hmm. you know that is what it is and if they're going to be hostile to that then it's maybe time to move on. And I feel like relationships, whether it's romantic friendships or whatever it is, is probably one of the hardest things to sacrifice because obviously emotions are attached. History is there, but you know, it's sometimes it's a cost that you have to do to maintain a relationship with Christ. And I just want to read the scripture that kind of came, that brought this episode to my mind. And it comes from Matthew 16, 24. And so we're going to read it because I just want to lay down the kind of foundation of what, where this, discussion came from all right so this says niv translation then jesus said to his disciples whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross to follow me for whoever wants to save his life will lose it and whoever loses his life for me will find it what good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit his soul now this picking up the cross is from which i don't know if you ever heard that phrase um dying to self yeah so this is usually the scripture, at least from where I've heard messages, they use this scripture to base that phrase, dying to self or dying to live. And so what are your thoughts when you hear the scripture of pick up your cross and follow me? Well, it's, uh, it's a reminder that we do have responsibility to follow Christ and that it is going to be not necessarily smooth sailing. And at the very least, we're going to have to do battle with our flesh, which wants to be sinful and engage in sinful desires. But I also think uh, for me that this uh, passage, because if you keep reading into verse 27, uh, you learn that there is a reward for following Christ despite us not deserving a reward. Mm -hmm. So I think in that sense, it's humbling. And I always go back to, and, and I think maybe we talked about this during the Envy episode way back in, was that season two or... I don't know. It's in 2020. It feels like a long time ago. But in that, I believe we talked about what good was it for you to gain the world but lose your soul. Yeah. And so to me, I mean, that's where this comes from, that passage. So it's it's important to just keep that in mind and and think about, you know, uh, the world is going to do whatever, but, you know, we need to keep our, our, eye on on god because Mm -hmm. if we don't we're gonna lose our soul and that would be the ultimate loss like i mean this is what satan wants to do like this would be really bad so i just keep i keep that in my mind it's kind of a warning but also as a reminder that uh, it's going to be worth it it will be worth it in the end exactly well i didn't look at that part of you know of it i never you know never noticed that in the sense of it will be worth it in the end because when i hear the scripture to be honest this is one of my anchoring scriptures um, that I hold on to in order to keep me grounded in my faith. You know, the scripture has saved me. 
<laughs> through a lot of temptations throughout the year and brought me out of a lot of confusing times in my walk with God in a sense of like when you want to quit and you're yeah. just like, this isn't working. Why am I even doing this to myself? Like, this isn't the goal I wanted. Well, I'm thinking about this isn't what I want. I'm doing everything about like, you know, not living for myself. I'm living all for what, you know, this book that I'm reading. And this this scripture really reminds me, you know, that in the end, it will be worth it. Like yeah. you said, like in the end, it's going to be worth it. And I need to hang on to reach the end. However, I will say the scripture makes me mad a little bit. Makes you mad. <laughs> because uh, the, it makes me mad because the Holy Ghost has used this in my, you know, I don't know how, you, like when I get convicted, there's always a scripture that comes to my mind to like stop my action before I do something. You know, when I want to be selfish and this is the scripture that always comes to my mind, pick up the cross and follow me, basically reminding me, make a choice that's not based on what you want. Make a choice that's what's right. So it makes me mad because I'm just like, ah, there's that scripture that comes <laughs> up again in my mind. And something that just came to me as we were reading it is it says, pick up your cross. Now, that God, Jesus is telling the believer, you pick it up. That's, yeah. that's, that's a decision you make. I'm not going to pick it up for you. You pick it up and you follow me basically huh. reminding us, we got to make that self-conscious choice to pay that price of picking up that cross and following him. Yeah. It's free will. Yeah. It's, it's, free, it's free, will. free will. So, so, and we've talked about this in previous episodes about how God is not some tyrannical overlord and he wouldn't, he wants to have relationship with us going back to last week. He's our father, but we mm -hmm. have to choose him too. So that's where, pick up your cross, you know, it's man's personal responsibility to make that decision. Mm -hmm. Now, um, just moving on. So the process of dying to self is, is not a process to lose yourself. Right. And I that think that, correct. I think that sometimes we get that confused. Um, the process of dying to self is not so much that you're losing yourself, but it's to reveal it's for you to, it's, it's revealing who you're supposed to be, to become the person that God intended you to be, where you got to remember things in the whole spectrum of everything that man is in a fallen state. We're not in the place that God wants us to be. So Jesus is trying to push us back to where we're supposed to be. I heard one per, um, preacher say that God's agenda is to bring us back to the future. You know, that movie, like back to the future. He's trying to, our future is to go back to the original state. Adam and Eve once were living in perfection. That's his ultimate goal. So that's what he's trying to push us back towards. And the other way you can look at this, I think, and this is just coming to me now as I think about dying to self. I think, you know, when people come to Christ, we often call it uh, rebirth, right? Okay. A rebirth in Christ uh, or, or born again mm -hmm. is another phrase. And so one could think of it like this, dying to self. So your current self uh, is a rotted and diseased and gangrenous uh, mm -hmm. creature and if you could see yourself in the spirit with spiritual eyes i think you'd probably be aghast at how awful the rot looks like yeah and so when you make the the decision to pick up your cross and follow jesus this is stripping away the dead flesh and the rotting flesh and it's kind of like getting out of that dead skin and becoming this new uh, born again creature, metamorphosis, if you will. Think uh, you could also think of it. You know, the caterpillar becomes a butterfly. And, mm -hmm. You know, it's like this. We shed off the bad stuff, and and we want to become a, a the good stuff. Step into the light. Step into the uh, the good state, the uh, healthy state, yeah. as it were. 
And so that's how I kind of look at this is, is dying to sell. It's like you said, it's not losing yourself. And I think you're right. There is confusion. Yeah, it's not it, about that. It, not- is, it is um, getting away from the sinful fallen state that is leading to death. And it is about becoming a new creature in Christ, putting on um, the shred of righteousness and walking into the light and becoming healthy. Exactly. Now, one piece we haven't talked about yet is... How do you die to self? Oh, that's a good question. I don't think I, I don't think I put that in my notes of the question of how to die to yourself. So we, this is going to be on off the cuff. How 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 do you die to self? Like how do what how do you pay this cost? You know, we're saying that you know you might have to sacrifice a friend and you might have to sacrifice a loved one or a habit. You know, some things you have to sacrifice habit wise is you might have to give up you know certain things that you would like to do, which might be going out you know fornicating. You might like going out doing drugs, stealing. Some people like stealing. Um, yeah, might um, walking in anger and unforgiveness and being a bully. You know, that's not Christian behavior. So like you said, we're letting off now that we're in Christ, we're letting off the new we're letting off the old person. We're trying to walk in this new creature or as a new creature in Christ Jesus. And so the cost or the payment you're trying to do is I'm trying to live that life. So I have to let go of the bad habits of the past and form new habits. So how how does a believer walk in that new or how does a how let go of that old habits? How does how does a person do that? I think there's two things. So first, when you become a believer in Christ, you're immune with the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit is going to come in and to indwell you. If you truly want to follow Christ, this mm-hmm. is what will happen. It's part of that whole being born again in the spirit, right? And then with the Holy Spirit in you, your part of this is you need to read God's word so you can understand well, what is it exactly that I was you know not doing right back then because people don't know they don't know the truth oh, okay. they, they got to read to understand the truth and someone who is genuine in this the Holy Spirit is going to help them overcome these problems whether it is a drug addiction whether it is sleeping around a lot whether it is stealing uh, I don't think that we are going to be uh, in this on our own. I was not in this on our own, and, you know, I've shared my testimony. I used to not care about life, really, other people's lives, and, you know, through understanding the truth, reading the truth, mm-hmm. through having the Holy Spirit convict me and move me, I have since come to really value other people's lives, and yeah. it's very important, and life is worth defending. You know, um, that's a good point that you brought up about, like, you need to learn the truth. Yeah. And, you know, you can't really say walk in the truth if you don't know it or, you know, walk in these new habits. So it's really important imperative to read the word of God and to, you know, read the word of God, listen to sermons. I'm a heavy or big avid that Christians need to listen to sermons, not just on Bible study or not just on Sundays. This should be something that you're listening to all the time. In my ritual um, habits of like studying the word especially because I work at a job where I'm on a computer a lot. So I'm like doing troubleshooting and all that kind of stuff. So I'm able to play sermons all the time. I'm blessed where I have that kind of job. So usually when I'm working, I like to play like a sermon, one or two if I have, if it depends on how busy things are. Sometimes I have to stop so I can concentrate. But even when I'm driving, I'm playing a sermon or anything like that, investing, you know, you know, just invading my mind with knowledge, just throwing knowledge in me all the time. Not only that, I'm reading, I'm praying and all that kind of stuff. The believer has to, 
<laughs> this a full-time job. And so, like you it said- It is a lifestyle change. It is. And so as you now got the knowledge, the Holy Ghost, you then pray, at least this is how I do it. I prayed, Lord, yeah. now that I have this knowledge, give me the wisdom on how to apply the knowledge that I have now. And the Holy yeah. Ghost will teach you and enable you to break those bad habits and to do it. So one of the things that it's cost me- um, and I'll be personal. One of the things that's cost me to live this life with Christ is I've, I've had to let go of kind of a, um, like kind of when you're talking about people, a bitter bitterness or a kind of, a impatient, um, I wouldn't, wouldn't say hatred or unforgiving, but like just a short tempered demeanor with people. Um, yes. You cannot, you cannot walk with God say, you know, there's a scripture that says you can't love God, but hate your brother. Yes. So you cannot, you know, I cannot let's say I'm a Christian and then be like this short tempered person because, you know, God is long suffering. And so, yes, this is something I'm still working on, but I'm seeing improvements. I'm seeing improvements. And I can attest to this. Even and I have been friends for what 11 years now. And yeah, he's he has uh, become more patient with other people over that. Yeah. Time. And so so in that it had to cost me in the sense of first I had to admit I was like, I had a problem. I think that's the first thing you really need to do is admit that you have that's, a problem. Yeah, and you know what? That's really hard for people to do. Pride. Yeah. So go back and listen to our pride episode. Because people would tell it. me all the time, like, Ava, you can't, <laughs> you can't be this way. You know, you got to learn to calm down and all this kind of stuff and understand people that people aren't like you. Because you know me, I'm very smart. I move fast and, you know, you know, and it, I don't, I can't You're do very a, sure. Yeah. Not, not really indecisive very often. And so like when someone who is very indecisive would bother me a lot. And so yeah. first I had to admit, so it cost me my pride. So I had to admit I had a problem. So it cost me my pride where I had to humble myself and tell God, I need your help. So I would study scriptures, read scriptures all the time. And then I would meditate on those scriptures of walking in love. The Bible says to put on love. So that would be something I would habitually look into every day to make sure I am, you know, trying to walk in love. And sure enough, when those opportunities would arise, the Holy Ghost would say, okay, here's an opportunity. Because someone would say something or do something that would arise or bring back those um, short-tempered feelings. And so it would cost me because I wanted to keep a good conscience with God. It would cost me my flesh of being mean. I would, I would bite my tongue and then give them a nice peaceful answer, whether it's at work or wherever I am. And so it has cost me my pride and cost me some, actually sometimes some humiliating moments where I had to turn the other cheek. Yeah. Where I could have defended myself, but I had to turn the other cheek because the Holy Ghost is saying, nope, you're not going to defend yourself. You're just going to have to let it go. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Exactly. And I've already shared about like relationships. You know, that's another thing that's cost me in life is letting go of relationships. And how I've dealt with those is like either just full on telling that person we cannot continue or just like you kind of said, pulling back a little bit where it's not too close. But, you know, we're friendly, but just pulling back a little bit. I don't know if you wanted to tell people kind of your if you had an example oh, yeah, of maybe. something it's cost you. Yeah, well, you can listen to my testimony episode. I had to extract myself from the bad influences that were around me when I first became a believer, which I will actually say wasn't very hard mm -hmm. because at the time when I came to know Christ, I had realized I was a, on the road to becoming a bad person. Mm -hmm. like, and, I, and I thought of myself as a bad person, like, and it was not what I wanted to be. And so it wasn't particularly difficult to cut all of that out because I was so thoroughly disgusted with the way I was and what I was becoming. Mm -hmm. and, and actually, you know, I think when it comes to a believer 
who's trying to overcome these sins, it's hard to do so unless you're thoroughly disgusted with it. Exactly. And you know, that's not the first time you said it. And I go like, man, like I look, (laughs) I try to think about different things I struggle with. It's like, you know, I think I enjoy, you know, there's a part of me that still enjoys a part of you that still enjoys it. And so it's a struggle. I don't know how to get there. How do I don't know how to get there? Like, it's just, it's time. It's uh, the Holy Spirit just really revealing it. it, You like look at a mirror almost Mm -hmm. this. I mean, this is how I kind of looked at it. It's like, I I see this mirror, the Holy Spirit's holding up and I see what's reflected in in it. And it's like, oh my goodness, do I really like look like this? Like, Mm -hmm. this is gross. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I can't, I don't want this to to continue. So um, so that's just how it was for me back Mm -hmm. then. Um, now, since then, there have been uh, other things that have come up, you know, every so often. I, I can remember distinctly where, um, you know, it was feeling lonely being single in the time, and there was this one very attractive girl who, you know, wanted me to help her cheat on a test. She offered certain things in exchange, and of course I had to <laughs> certain say... Certain favors? Certain favors. I, I had to say no to that, because uh-huh. that was not the right thing to do, even though I'm sure... Uh, it cost you. you it know, cost me. Living, you know, living the life of Christ, it does cost you sometimes. You know, there's something that Joyce Myers always says. She always says, sometimes doing the right thing feels wrong. Because yeah. there's, there's sometimes where I've done the right thing, and it totally feels wrong. Like... I feel humiliated. I feel embarrassed. I feel as though I've been taken advantage of, but I know on scripture, I've done the right thing. Like you said, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. In those situations where I didn't defend myself or try to stand up for myself and I kept my mouth shut, I feel embarrassed and people would be like, oh, Avon's just going to take that or something, you know, along those lines and just me biting my tongue and trusting in God and, you know, picking up my cross, laying down what I would, how I want to handle it and doing it the way God would want to handle it. And like we said before, it's us losing ourselves to reveal who we're truly meant to be. I want to go on just another thing that you said it's embarrassing sometimes. So another instance of me having to, you know, sacrifice something is kind of my, my, uh, I don't know if it's necessarily professional credibility, but okay, so everyone knows now if you've been listening to this show that I'm a scientist, and of course there's a lot of people of the atheistic bent in my field, unfortunately, mm-hmm. and I would say that believers are very few and far between. So it used to be when I first came to Christ, you know, I would try to shy away from making public stands of my faith, which is, of course, not biblical because God says, you know, deny me in front of men and I will deny you in front of my father. But, yeah. but you know, proclaim me and I will proclaim you. And so that really convicted me. It took some time. Uh, but then I can, I can distinctly remember I was in my Ph.D. and I was speaking to one of my colleagues and I shared you know, my faith on where I stood on certain things about creationism and uh, other scientific issues that we were discussing. And I will never forget this guy. He just laughed. Yeah. He just laughed. And he's like, you really believe that? Like, man, you know, I used to have that stuff and it was just, it's just crap. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I'm sorry that you think that way. Uh, and I felt not really humiliated at that time mm-hmm. anymore. I felt like I did what was right for God. I proclaimed him to others. Yeah. 
and now I, I proclaim him to others. Yeah. And I'm not ashamed of this anymore uh, or embarrassed. I was never ashamed, but I was embarrassed. No more. Why, why should I be? Yeah. I'm on the right side of this. Well, <laughs> and, it's having a good perspective yeah. and seeing that. I mean, no. what, we should not be afraid to stand for Christ. I mean, I get it. There can be pushback. And if the state, maybe this, if the stakes were higher and I would have maybe lost my job over that, uh, I would like to think that I still wouldn't hold back. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's understandable that some people would feel pressured, Yeah, uh, I think. But we can't do that. Mm-hmm. We can't do that because we need to, we are told to proclaim Christ by Christ himself. Mm-hmm. And we have to stand firm on him. Like, like if you really, going back to uh, last week, if you love your father, you're going to acknowledge him as your father, exactly. regardless of who you're with. And if you're going to deny him, well, then is he really your father? Like, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's bad. Exactly. And you know, you might be listening and going like, man, like there's a deeper thing to this relationship with God than, you know, I anticipated, you know, I feel like our podcast is more catered to those who've already chosen. It is. To, I would agree. To, to be Christians, you know, to live the Christian life. And maybe you're just starting off and you might be thinking, wow, this is like, you know, more intense <laughs> than I thought it was going to be. You know, why should I do it? You know, I read an article that um, I don't have in front of me, but I read an Christian article. post and it was talking about why people need to die to self. And they made this kind of comparison to, or, you know, sacrificing these things or, you know, paying the price to live for Christ. And so they were kind of, you know, comparing the things that we go through in our everyday life. We pay the price for that promotion. We pay the price for going for that degree. We give up going to the party so we can study for that exam or we give up the girl or the guy um, so we can focus on the, you know, promotion that we want to get, you know, staying late at work so we can achieve a goal. And he was, he was saying that every Christian's, every Christian's goal should be to be as close to God as possible. That should be our goal. It should be always getting closer to him and getting closer to him and getting closer to him is going to sacrifice. You're going to sacrifice your will, your wants and the things you want to do. So it's nothing that's abstract. You do the same thing where you're trying to go after that job or that degree or whatever your earthly kind of goals are. You're doing that same thing. You're just now trying to do it to God and on his terms. Oh, that's a good way of thinking about and it. I, yeah, I really thought that was really good because, you know, I think, you know, I don't think people put the things of God in a sense of like a goal. We focus all the time on like earthly goals, you know, yeah. this promotion and this, this, and that. We don't really focus on the spiritual goal. You know, there's a spiritual aspect to mankind that we need to pay attention to. I think it's because a lot of people think it's abstract. Mm-hmm. They, they don't see it as being as concrete as those other things, you know, mm-hmm. which to be fair, I can see where that you come to that you know because it's not i it, when the spiritual realm is not identified through your five physical senses yeah, yeah so so it's it can be uh and i think we'll probably talk about this more next week but it can be a little easy to get busy with yeah. life and then because you're thinking this is more abstract it your spiritual life is neglected um, i think the thing is we don't know how to apply the spiritual to physical I think you're right. We it, don't know it, how to it, apply the spiritual we, to physical. We have to change the abstractness to, you know, it's more concrete. It, it is physical. Mm-hmm. And that can be tough. Yeah. And I think it's just a lack of knowledge and just knowing how to apply it. That's where you really need to go to God and stuff. But the one thing I just want to mention that I believe this is an important topic to talk about because in today's culture, people or many Christians think that they can have their cake and eat it too. 
that they can say, I have a relationship with Christ and I can do whatever. And we've all run into those kind of yes, hypocritical... The, the, the nominal Christian, yeah. Christian in name only, as I call them. Yeah, that they that they, um, that they can, they say they're a believer, but they do whatever they want, try to do their own thing, and they want to live it their, on their terms, and they want to have it based on what they want to do. God is very clear in his stance on this is how this relationship is going to work. I have my rules. I have my laws. Just like we've talked about, the kingdom of God is like a kingdom, a country that's run on a monarchy. The king lets you know this is how this is going to function right. in this kingdom. You can't come in here and do things your way and then have me and think I'm going to bless it. Like, no, either you get with the program or, or get out. <laughs> you're, yeah, you're out. Yeah, no, and... It's true. It is true. Uh, there is, it's not just praying a prayer. Mm-hmm. It is living for God. Mm-hmm. That is not to say that works safe people. No. It is that, uh, I, you know, there is a debate about this between different denominations of Christianity, but here's where I stand on this. And, and, you know, you can tell me if you don't agree in the comment section. I find myself more along, you know, the lines of, uh, Catholicism and Orthodox and some of the other uh, Protestant denominations more along that vein, where it is the faith in Jesus saves you, but if you are going to be, like, really saved, you're going to live in accordance with what he says. Like, If you want to ma- maintain it? Is that what you're trying to say? I mean, if you, re- if you really are genuine in your belief, you're going to have f- the works that come with this, right? Mm-hmm. And, and then... Well, faith without works is dead. But faith without works is, yes, James. That's where this, this is why I have come to this uh, point of view, mm-hmm. is, is it, James. And, right, if you say, oh, I believe that God saved me, I believe he died for me. Mm-hmm. But you're out there drinking and fornicating and doing drugs and stealing. You're not. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. not saved. You're just saying, oh, I believe in Jesus. You're, you're where I was. When I was a teenager, which is where I believed in Jesus abstractly, mm-hmm. uh, I believed intellectually that He died for me, mm-hmm. but I wasn't living for well, Him. I think of it just like the children of Israel back in the you know when the Old Testament, you know, God told them that if you obey Me, you will have all these blessings and you'll have this kind of good God life. And technically, they believed they were the chosen people of God, but they didn't live it out. Yeah. They didn't live out because they really it wasn't deep in their heart of I'm the I'm we're now the chosen people of God. This is how we represent God. It wasn't deep in their heart. So is that kind of same mindset? And I believe it too. You know me, I'm not big on denominations. Yeah. I'm big, I'm more of like if it's in the Bible, we do what the Bible says and we move, you know, that's how I kind of function. I don't really yeah. play with the denominational game. But I, I I believe with that too that if you are a believer in Christ, you it is followed up with actions, just like it says in yeah. James. Um, faith without works is dead. You know, if yeah. you, you know works, and then even with that scripture, it even says just like uh, the body without the spirit is dead. Faith without works is dead. The body can't function, or there's no life in the body if there's you know there's no spirit inside the vessel. That so, is so true, by the way. Yeah, that's that's really true. Yeah, you, yeah. So just like. You just like just like a dead body that has no spirit in it. Faith without works that show what you truly believe. You know what you truly believe is shown in your actions. Yeah. And so, like like I said before last week, the scripture that says, you know, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. You know, if you really love God, you're going to naturally just do the things that please Him. So focus on loving Him and all that kind of stuff. And so, just so we can wrap up. And, you know, we kind of talk about some, I wouldn't say some harsh things or some hard things, but just really diving in the understanding that the living the Christian life is going to cost you. It's, it's not, it's not just, oh, Jesus died for me. Now I live 
just this easy life. It's going to cost you, at least I found in my life, I have found that living the Christian life has cost me a lot. It's cost me um, relationships. It's cost me um, friendships. It's cost me habits, things that, you know, I would want to do some, some choices I would want to make, or even just some habit or even like places I would want to live. I've told you all the time. I would love to live in New York city. I would love to live in New York city. That would be my dream place to love and to live in. But I just know that God wants me here. And so I pay that price of picking up the cross and following him and doing like, this is where God needs me to be. And the thing is, and I wanted to bring out is, you know, my motivation to keep moving forward is that I see the bigger picture of this. I see the bigger picture of living for Christ. I see my dedication to Christ and following his plan for me is not so much about me. It's, but it's blessing to other people's, blessing to other people's the bigger picture. You know what I'm trying to say? It's not so much about, you know, I'm not living for really for myself, my actions and my, what a, what can you do for others on behalf of him? Exactly. I see the bigger picture. My life here on earth is to pour out and to use my gifts and talents like the podcast, you know, for the benefits of others. And if, if it was not for the selfless acts of like the biblical figures like Abraham and Noah and Joseph, you know, I'm sure Noah enjoyed sitting around enjoying life. He had to be selfish and build that ark yeah. so that man could, you know, could repopulate and all that kind of stuff. That was a selfless act. And even the apostles like Peter and, you know, those disciples gave up a flourishing business. You know, they had a business of being fishermen. Yeah. So they gave up what they knew. Even Peter was married. You know, he had a mother-in-law that Jesus healed. So that lets us know he was married and, you know, he possibly had children. And, you know, they gave that up for the benefit of the world being blessed. There's a bigger plan than just you um, and you sacrificing your things. I see the bigger picture that, that it's not just about me, that God has a plan that's going to benefit man overall. So that's why I pick up my cross and follow him. Even when Jesus, when he picked up his cross, that wasn't so much for him. He didn't pick that up just so he can get some gains in his muscle or get a workout. That was for the benefit of everyone else in the world of which his sacrifice would be for. And it benefits to everyone today. It's for the bigger picture. So for me, I see, I see the bigger picture. So that's my motivation to keep moving forward into pay those hard, pay those hard um, prices and all that kind of stuff. So that at the end it's benefiting the kingdom of God and destroying the kingdom of darkness. Yeah. And, and I just want to encourage believers out there that this is not to say that everybody is going to have to, you know, sacrifice in some big way. Like yeah. the apostles gave their lives, most of them for Jesus. That doesn't mean that you will be called to do something like no, that. No, no, no. It's a case by case. It's, kind a, of... it's a case by case thing. So, so don't, don't panic. <laughs> it's uh it doesn't necessarily have to be extreme as that. But, um, but yeah, I encourage you to, be in tune with the Holy Ghost, pray. I yes. think it's important to really, you know, you know, I used to say that I was bad at praying. I'm, you know, here I am promoting prayer a whole lot. I'm getting better. In my, <laughs> you know, God has really helped me get better in my prayer life. And, you know, I think it's important for believers just to be connected to God. And so I think it's important that you pray to God to seek insight and um, direction for your life so that you stay on his perfect plan because God has a plan for each person. So in order for you to stay on that plan, you know, you need to have that communication with God. And so I kind of, I have a closing scripture in Philippians um, 3, 7 through 14, which I think are really imperative scriptures to this topic of, you know, the costs to living for him or to knowing him. Um, the apostle Paul kind of talks about what he's paid or what he's given up to know Christ. So we're going to look at this scripture real quick before we close out. Sure. So from the NIV version, it says this, but whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. 
What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ. Yes. Bless you. Read the scripture. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. And like you said before in the beginning of the episode of that there is a thing at the end of carrying your cross, that at the end there's a benefit for it. And, you know, we have to remember the Apostle Paul, before he became Paul, he was Saul, and then he had high status amongst the Pharisees. He had. Yeah, he was part of the Sanhedrin. Yeah. He was, uh, he was killing Christians. Yeah, and within the people, he had a very high status. He was a Roman citizen. Yeah. He was just, he was top dog in his class. And him, he, here he's saying he's given it all up for just knowing Christ and following the path of following him and just living the life that God has called him to do. He says that was worthwhile for him. He counted all those things he had before. All that, you know, admiration and all that support he had before he calls that, you know, dung, you know, poop. <laughs> he says it's not even worth mentioning it. All that stuff is just garbage. In order for me to know Christ, that's the objective is me having him in my life and being on the path that he has for me. For me. So, yes, I'm willing to pay that price. So just like Paul, we all need to have that same mindset of whatever lies we came from before, whatever little habits or things that came from before, knowing him and pressing forward is worth the price to living the life of Christ. And it all just goes back to the scripture from Matthew 16. For what use is it to gain the world but lose your soul? And that was Paul. He had the world, mm -hmm. and it wasn't worth it to lose his soul. No, it, it's not worth it at all. And I'm willing to pay the price, no matter what it might be. So we hope this episode encouraged our heavenly brothers and sisters in Christ. So stay tuned for next week, when we'll be back with a new episode.